Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Tossing and turning all night like a salad. It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about why humans are even able to drink ethanol in the first place. 
Ethanol is toxic, and we aren't able to drink diluted versions of other alcohols without severe consequences. So I've been curious why we even evolved to process ethanol. I'll explain why scientists think that we evolved enzymes that process alcohol and what happens if you do drink the other alcohols. I'll end the episode with a couple stories about people consuming alcohol, thinking that it was just regular old ethanol, but it was actually tainted with methanol. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to a few of my patrons, Lindsay, Phil, and Kristen. I'm so thankful for your support. If you are not a patron, feel free to take a look at what I offer for exclusive patron-only content. The link is always in my show notes. So let's dig in. All primates have the enzyme alcohol dehydrogenase, which allows us to metabolize alcohol. According to archaeological evidence, humans began turning fermented fruit into alcohol 9,000 years ago. The residue of the earliest known alcoholic beverage, a mix of rice, honey, and fruit, was found on pottery in China dating back to 7,000 to 6,600 BC. So we've been making and drinking alcohol for a very long time. If alcohol is so destructive and drinking too much of it can kill us, then why can we even drink it in the first place? Why do humans even have an enzyme that can process ethanol? Yeast and bacteria actually have the same enzyme, but it's much larger. They use this enzyme to convert sugar into energy, with ethanol being the waste product of this reaction. So that is how we get ethanol for our alcoholic beverages. A 2014 study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences used paleogenetics, which is a technique that analyzes present-day genes to estimate how they evolved over time. Scientists use this technique to study alcohol dehydrogenase from 19 different primate species and determine what the alcohol dehydrogenase enzyme would have been like at different points in the past. They determined that 50 million years ago, the oldest form of alcohol dehydrogenase broke down small amounts of ethanol but did it very slowly and inefficiently. About 10 million years ago, there was likely a genetic mutation that allowed the common ancestor of humans, chimpanzees, and gorillas to develop a different version of this enzyme that was 40 times more efficient at processing ethanol. Scientists have linked this mutation to a time when the Earth's climate was rapidly changing, resulting in human ancestors making the transition from living in trees to living on land. The ability to metabolize ethanol more efficiently helped human ancestors eat rotting fruit that fell to the forest floor when other food was scarce. It was a last resort type of thing. Primates without this mutation would have become sick or drunk off the rotting fruit and not have been able to protect themselves or their communities. So you can see how it becomes a survival of the fittest thing. So when there's no food around, certain species can 
eat the rotting fruit and get energy from it, and others can't because then they couldn't defend their territories. The amount of ethanol that they were consuming was likely less than one standard drink, which our bodies are able to process in one hour without getting drunk. Ethanol isn't the only type of alcohol that exists, though, but the others are highly toxic, and consuming even a small amount can be fatal. There are three main types of alcohol, isopropyl, methyl, and ethyl alcohol. Methyl alcohol, also called methanol, is the smallest molecule with one carbon. Ethyl alcohol, or ethanol, has two carbons, and isopropyl alcohol, or isopropanol, has three carbons. Isopropanol is rubbing alcohol, by the way. Alcohols are a family of molecules in organic chemistry, so even though we call ethanol alcohol, there are more alcohols than just that one molecule. So alcohol actually means the family that ethanol belongs to. The criteria for being an alcohol is to have a hydroxyl group, which is an oxygen and a hydrogen atom bound together. Not all alcohols are bad for you though. Cholesterol and menthol are both alcohols. The way chemists name alcohols are with the suffix O-L, so that's why methanol, ethanol, isopropanol, cholesterol, and menthol all sound similar. While we can drink diluted ethanol, methanol and isopropanol are very toxic. Isopropanol is actually more intoxicating than ethanol is, and methanol is less intoxicating than ethanol. Drinking isopropanol can cause nausea, vomiting blood, abdominal pain, extreme confusion, hypotension, hypothermia, and cardiopulmonary collapse. Symptoms of isopropanol poisoning include organ damage, fluid in the lungs, respiratory failure, bleeding in the stomach, bladder rupture, coma, and death. To put this in perspective, 250 milliliters or 8 ounces of isopropanol is enough to cause death. So 250 milliliters is half a bottle of water. If these molecules are so similar, why is isopropanol so dangerous for us, but we can just drink ethanol whenever we feel like partying or relaxing? So they're both broken down by the same enzyme, which is called alcohol dehydrogenase. So it's an enzyme that works on alcohols. Ethanol is broken down into something called acetaldehyde, which is 10 times more toxic than ethanol. And then after another enzyme works on it, it eventually turns into carbon dioxide and water. So eventually it turns into two very normal things that exist in our body. Alcohol dehydrogenase works on isopropanol too, but it turns it into acetone. Some of this acetone is exhaled or removed by the kidneys, which explains many of the symptoms of isopropanol poisoning. Methanol is produced in small amounts during the natural production of ethanol. This is why homemade alcohol is illegal and dangerous. 
Methanol is also found in antifreeze, something else that is extremely toxic. Methanol is so toxic that only two to eight ounces can be enough to be fatal. And one shot is 1.5 ounces. So only about one shot of methanol is enough to be fatal. Consuming 10 milliliters of methanol is enough to cause blindness. We have methanol in the lab that I work in. We also have ethanol in the lab. And ethanol is just in spray bottles that we spray our gloves with or spray surfaces with to sterilize them. So ethanol, we're spraying around all over the place. But methanol is kept in a special cabinet because it's highly toxic. Alcohol dehydrogenase works on methanol too, but it converts it into formaldehyde. Formaldehyde is basically embalming fluid, which is not something that you want in your body while you are alive. The breakdown of methanol is slow, so symptoms of methanol poisoning can take hours or days to appear. Formaldehyde is converted into formic acid, which is a chemical found in ant stings. As formic acid builds up in the body, it causes damage to the ocular nerve, resulting in blindness and eventually death. Methanol poisoning is rare, but it does happen. It happens much more often in developing countries where the production of alcohol isn't as regulated. There was one incident called the Whiskey Horror of Christmas 1919, where many people in Connecticut and western Massachusetts became very sick or died. Emergency rooms were overcrowded and doctors were running house to house attempting to help people who were vomiting, delusional, paralyzed, and blind. By December 27th, 69 people had died and many more were hospitalized. By January 1st, almost 150 people had died. One of the restrictions from World War I was that alcohol would have an extremely low ethanol content. But someone spread the word that there was good stuff from France at one of the bars. The fancy French alcohol was actually wood alcohol otherwise known as methanol. John Romanelli was known as the king of Brooklyn's Little Italy. He also worked in the funeral industry and had easy access to wood alcohol since it's an ingredient in embalming fluid. He knew that with Prohibition rumored to be starting soon, he could make a ton of money off bootleg liquor. The effects of methanol were not well understood in the early 1900s, so it's unknown if he intended to kill a lot of people. So he stole methanol and added water and other flavorings to make the wood alcohol seem like whiskey and sold it. On Christmas Day, men who had drank the fancy whiskey began getting very sick. Methanol poisoning usually starts with persistent vomiting and severe abdominal pain. Then the person loses their vision, has trouble breathing, and their pulse begins to weaken. People were furious about the contaminated whiskey, and Romanelli's accomplices actually begged to be arrested because they didn't want to be killed by an angry mob. 
States had very weak extradition laws at this time. So since Romanelli lived in New York and no one in New York actually died or drank the fake whiskey, he couldn't be charged in Connecticut or Massachusetts. He ended up getting three to seven years for theft and only serving two before being released. Methanol poisonings still occur, and the largest outbreak in the history of Iran has occurred in response to the pandemic. You may remember in the beginning of the pandemic, there was fake news being spread around that alcohol killed the virus and disinfected the body. The problem is alcohol is illegal in Iran, so the only way that they could get alcohol was by non-regulated methods. Unofficial reports have stated that the number of hospitalizations for toxic alcohol poisoning reached more than 2,500 people in the month of March. By May, it's believed that about 500 people died and 60 survived with complete blindness. In India, Iran, Qatar, and Turkey, it's estimated that 800 people have died in total from this rumor. People with alcohol use disorder are at high risk for methanol or isopropanol poisoning because they will attempt to consume substances that they believe contain alcohol when they may contain other toxic chemicals as well. For example, mouthwash that contains alcohol will also contain other substances put there to dissuade people from drinking it. Processing alcohol was something humans evolved to be able to do as a way to survive. When food was scarce, we developed the ability to eat rotting fruit for energy. Over time, we began associating ethanol with pleasure and learned to produce alcoholic beverages so we could get that pleasure without having to eat rotting fruit. And it all went downhill from there. I hope this episode was interesting for you. I hope you guys have a great weekend and I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring i'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking in fact it's very much the opposite and no matter what your relationship was with alcohol life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober new episodes come out every tuesday you can listen to happiest sober podcast wherever you get your podcasts